1: And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist.
0: So they count on University of Utah Health. Real Soleil so late. Puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors. A world-class environment. Award-winning innovation. Care to be great. 14
2: unanswered by the
0: Utes. University of Utah Health. Caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Michelle Bodkin, Jake Hatch here, and we are going up to Logan right now to check in with Scott Girardi, he is of course, the play-by-play voice of the Utah State Aggies, and, of course, a host here on Hands and Scotty every single weekday. Scotty, how is Logan this
1: morning? Uh, it's a beautiful day up here in L-Town. How are you guys doing? Uh, you know, look, about 80 degrees. Oh, Scrimmage at noon. That's the uh, benefit of being up here a little bit north. It's always a few degrees cooler, and uh, stadium's ready to go. Let's uh, let's kick off football season, guys.
2: Well, so Scotty, give us kind of a rundown what what is this Utah State looking U- Utah State team looking like at the moment?
1: Well, that's Michelle. That's the uh, that's the <laughs> million dollar question. <laughs> uh, I think you know there, and I guess that's kind of the day and age that uh, of college athletics that you're living in right now. That you just There's going to be, I don't care if you're P5, I don't care if you're G5, there's going to be a a decent level of turnover from year to year, and Utah State got hit with the turnover bug a little bit as far as the roster goes, especially on the defensive line and at the linebacker position. But they do return a lot of really good players. Cooper Lagab back at quarterback. And, you know, when he was the starter last year, he went 5-2 and two and got the team back into bowl eligibility. Uh, you've got a, a good group of wide receivers. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, you've got Ike Larson, who might be the best player on this entire Utah State roster back in safety. So there's a lot of key players back. Uh, I think the offense uh, should be good. Blake Anderson takes over play calling duties, something that he's really familiar with. And this offense is going to be a little bit more up-tempo. They're going to get after it a little bit more, be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, and defensively, you welcome in a new defensive coordinator with a lot of new faces. So offense, I think, is going to be really good. I think there's still some questions on the defensive side. Uh, but, you know, that's that's what a lot of teams are facing right now in college athletics. They're not exactly quite sure what they have, but we'll, uh, we'll find out here in a couple weeks.
0: All right, Scotty, so you talk about Blake Anderson taking over play-calling duties, and he doubles, obviously, as going to be head coach, and he'll be the play-caller on the offense. D- do you feel like he is looking to do that because he wants to kind of reinvent this o- offense in his own mind? Like, wh- what's the impetus for him doing that?
1: That's a, a, and it's a good point, too. I think uh, I think when – the uh, when, when the old o c uh, decided to uh, pursue some other opportunities, and I think there was it was a mutual understanding that it was probably best for him to move on. the offense got a little stagnant late. they just had so many playmakers two years sure. ago yeah. uh, you know Derek Wright, who's still in an NFL camp, Devin Tompkins, who might make the final 53 in Tampa Bay uh, with one of the greatest wide receiver seasons in the history of the mountain West Conference, like they were just loaded offensively two years ago, and then uh, they took a step backwards in terms of personnel last year. and and the offense really struggled. And so Blake Anderson looked at it as an opportunity to get, excuse me, back to his roots as a play caller. And his early years when he was a head coach at Arkansas State, he did both. He was the play caller and the head coach. And then, uh, you know, it's well documented. His wife uh, battled cancer and, and ultimately passed away. And during that time, he needed to scale back his workload. And so he hired an OC to be the play caller as he still maintained head coaching duties. And at that point, he just kind of kept with that. But all along, he always felt like eventually he'd get back to being a play caller because that's ultimately what he loves to do. And so he used this as an opportunity, seeing some issues on offense that he wanted to address and said, who better to fix it than me? And so he decided to uh, take it over and – I think that his roots as a play caller and what he wants to run and the aggressiveness in which he calls plays, I think is going to be a, a big opportunity for Utah State to really accelerate this offense and try to take it to another level.
2: Now, Utah State's been shrouded in a little bit of controversy, um, has had some turnover at the AD. Uh, I know some school people. President. School president. People have been a little unhappy with Blake Anderson as of late as well. Uh, how how is the team dealing with that and, and what do you feel like the mood is up up in logan these days well
1: yeah and, and you know it's certainly a fair question to ask because i mean it's something that's uh, been a conversation uh for quite some time up here and it's something that this team has rally you know is certainly unified and rallied around blake anderson and uh if there's one thing that you talk to a lot of these players uh they they've given full support to blake anderson uh and, and the staff now um i think that you've got a new athletic director who will start on monday um she's flying in today she came in for a press conference she's had a bunch of meetings here and is really actively involved in all the realignment talk and and all that stuff but her first day is monday uh, just met the president for the first time just about an hour ago at, at a function and uh and and they are committed to not only you know obviously winning Uh, but also winning the right way. And they want to make sure that this is a program that avoids any situations or any, uh, you know, any accusations or any problems that they may have had in the past. That is something that they certainly want to address and move on from. So it is certainly a huge point of emphasis with, uh, with the new leadership here at Utah State, both at the top and at the athletic director front as well.
0: You mentioned the turnover roster-wise, Scotty, and this world of NIL is just so topsy-turvy. Michelle and I have talked about this playing with BYU and Utah and our, our spheres, and I know that uh, Gary Anderson is part of the NIL collective that's running things up at Utah State. Do they feel like they have established enough of a foothold where they can still be competitive uh, in the NIL sphere, or has it still got work to do?
1: Uh, I think I think everybody's got work to do. Um, sure. And, but, but to your point, it is something that's gotten a lot better. I think that over the last three or four months in particular, Gary Anderson's partnered up with uh, Jim Lobb and his son, Eric Lobb, who, you know, if you don't know who Jim Lobb is, the owner of Cash Valley Electric yes. and has been a significant donor and, um, you know, essentially is the Spence Eccles of Utah State University has is, is just had a huge role in the development financially of Utah State for a lot of years. Uh, And and they have developed a a collective that is unified. There were a lot of like little mini collectives that were trying to come together. And this is one that's kind of unified them all. And and they've been able to fundraise into it. And now I think that they're in a more of a competitive place in the Mountain West Conference. There at first, I mean, it was... You know, if you're not quick and you're not early, you're going to lose out. And I think Utah State missed out on some uh, recruiting opportunities, especially on the basketball front. And that's interesting, too, because while a lot of the country has gone all in on football, a lot of Mountain West schools are actually pointing a lot of their attention collective wise to basketball. You look at New Mexico and UNLV, traditionally two very poor football programs. And what they've done is like, okay, wait a minute, can we fund 15 players or can we fund 85 players and they've gone all in on basketball and so while the rest especially at the p5 level a lot of collective money is flowing into football uh and it is a little bit in the mountain west but really a lot of mountain west schools have turned their attention to what can be really good at and it's been basketball and i think you're going to see some uh you know san diego state's obviously already great but i think you're going to see unlv and new mexico start to make some jumps because they are putting some silly stupid money into their basketball programs so it's just it's it's funny how different I know that wasn't part of your question but it's just funny kind of getting a different direction on how different teams and different programs are handling this but to you know to your point Utah State's getting better and I think right now they're probably upper third or middle of the pack in the Mountain West in terms of money that they're able to help out their players with
2: now Scotty, you're up in Logan to check out Utah State scrimmage today you know what? What do you think the Aggies need to accomplish today? What What are some things you want to see them check off the list?
1: Ah, oh, that's a great question, Michelle. And it's you've been to enough scrimmage, scrimmages to know that it can be fool's gold because an yeah. offense can just fly no, right down the field. Scotty,
0: you kidding me? They're not going to. They're not going to. You know, do everything they're supposed to do in a game. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but but you know the the thing that I always like is when somebody will say, "Wow, man, that offense looked really great." Well, why did the offense look great? Oh, because maybe the defense wasn't that good, you know, and if you go ones versus ones and one side of the ball does extreme, you know, does far better than the other. Yeah, you can celebrate that to a certain extent, but then you're also like, ooh, well, wait a minute. That may not be a good sign as well. So uh, I want to see more out of the defense. First scrimmage was pretty offensive heavy. Uh, offense did a tremendous job and defense got it going a little bit later in the scrimmage but uh, I want to see defensively uh, this Utah State perform a little bit better uh, especially on a front line standpoint that's where they had the huge turnovers on that defensive line uh, and uh, they need to be a little bit more stout against the run they need to be a little bit more uh, improved in uh, getting after the quarterback and so those are the things I think Utah State certainly needs to see in this uh, scrimmage today.
0: All right, so obviously Cooper Lega is going to be the guy at quarterback. At least it looks like to that. You can correct me if I'm wrong there, Scotty. Nope, but you are right. Uh, he is a guy that I, he's just a hard nosed football player. And you you know as well as I do, he was a state champion wrestler at Oram High School. And my favorite thing about him, he just he plays football and just he he's tough. And I, what does he need to improve upon the most to really, I guess, make that transition to being a star? If, if that makes
1: sense. Uh. Accuracy needs to be a little bit better. Decision-making okay. needs to be a little bit better. He's he's a guy that does the, uh, you know, first look, not there, take the ball and run. Got it. Okay. And, uh, you know, a little bit of and, – and when I make this comparison, please know I'm saying it loosely, but a little bit of Taysom Hill where accuracy may not be great, uh, incredible athlete – Looking for the first route, not there. Okay, I'm going to trust my legs because it's third and four. Instead of checking down to route two or route three, I know I can pick up the first down by myself. Uh, And I might miss out on a bigger play, but I know it'll be the safe play. He got a little banged up as the year went on too. And he fully admitted, I got to be better. I got to be smarter with how I make my decisions and when I decide to run the ball and and how I attack from that standpoint. So those are things that obviously he's going to address. He just needs to be – he's – and I hope this makes sense. He's an elite-level athlete. He needs to be a better quarterback, if that makes sense. And and I think he's got it well within his ability to do it. I know he's, uh, he's spent a lot of time this summer working on decision-making, on accuracy, on the understanding of the offense. I think you're going to see a much better Cooper Lega in terms of being an all-around better quarterback in uh, 2023. He certainly has all the tools, uh, but – Look, they had an open competition in spring. They, you know, they really liked uh, Levi Williams, who they brought out of Wyoming. They gave him a little, lot of opportunities in spring, um, and, uh, and he shut the door on it. There was no chance that anybody was going to take that job away from him in spring, and so he's had all the number one reps. Keep in mind, though, I would say this, uh, Levi Williams will probably get some Nate Johnson-like uh, packages where he'll have some opportunities, maybe in goal line and third down. He's just a, he's just a great runner. If this guy could throw the football accurately, consistently, uh, he's got the same frame and the arm strength as a lot of great quarterbacks. Uh, he just he needs to work on his accuracy, and that's got a long ways to go. But McKay Hillstead, keep hey. in mind, uh, I if if heaven forbid if something were to happen. Uh, they love the development of McKay Hillstead. I know you like uh, you followed him in high school. He's put on, coaches said he put on about 15 pounds of muscle. He's gotten bigger and stronger in the off season because he graduated early, so he's been up here in spring and summer. And uh, they've got a great weight program up here. He has really developed. They love his future here at Utah State. So you know, heaven forbid if something were to happen, um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if if McKay got some opportunities.
2: Scotty, you've mentioned a couple of times that the defensive line is really kind of an area of concern for this team. Who do they need to step up and, and start making bigger plays on that defensive line in order to give them a, sh- a shot?
1: Well, uh, one of my favorite players, and and, and, and you know this, uh, well, both of you know this, covering your teams uh, closely, is you get to know these guys as people. And mm-hmm. And and so when I say I'm a fan, I'm not talking about just being like a fanboy of a team, but just a fanboy of individuals. Uh, Holly Mutuapuaka is just a really tremendous person and a tremendous player. Uh, he's he he has big aspirations of playing in the NFL. And I think it's certainly something uh, with his size and his skill level that could be a possibility for him. Uh, he has to be not only a run stopper and a gap filler an offensive lineman eater, which he's been, and allowing linebackers to run free. There's a reason why BYU wanted A.J. Vongpechong so much is because he had hundred tackles every year he plays, and he'll probably have another hundred tackle season at BYU uh, because uh, he's, he was able to roam free and make big tackles, and a lot of the reasons why was because of Holly. Um, Holly needs to not only do that, but he also needs to show the ability to get after the quarterback as well uh, and, and pressure the quarterback and really collapse a pocket, not just hold the line, but collapse a pocket as well. I certainly think he's capable of it, uh, and, and I think he's, he's set for a big year.
0: So Scott Girard joining us, of course, the play-by-play voice of Salt of not Salt Lake of the Utah State Aggies, excuse me, Salt Lake Aggies. Right, Salt Lake go. Aggies, there we go. Let's didn't say Ogden, right?
1: They've, they've been trying to get into the uh, oh Jake, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, I mean. <laughs> they've been they've been trying to get you know more presence in the Salt Lake market. Maybe yeah, that's just like a brand change that I mean, they can work on. That's that like actually, the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles oh, or whatever. Okay. Yeah.
0: As a guy who married into a family who are a family of Angels fans, that whole thing is a whole other story that needs to be (laughs) unpacked at some point. But uh, in terms of the Mountain West as a whole this year, Scotty, it looks like on paper Boise State should return to being one of the more dominant programs in the conference. Where do you think Utah State fits in in kind of the pecking order here with the Mountain West this year?
1: Uh, A really good question. Uh, Okay, so – I think a team that could be sneaky good this year is Colorado State. Okay. Um, they lost, they got hit really hard with a transfer bug two years ago, but I love Jay Norvell as their head coach, and I think that he's got him pointed in the right direction. Didn't have the season he thought he'd have last year, but I think they're pointed in the right direction. I think Air Force takes a step back. Uh, they've had two really good years back-to-back, a couple 10-win seasons, but uh, they lost their quarterback and Brad Roberts, the Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, So, Air Force always has that run where they get old and developed, and then they lose those guys, and then they take a step back and slowly build back up. I think it's a build-back year for Air Force. Uh, Personally, I don't think they're going to be another 10-win season. They're picked really high. Boise uh, does – look, every year they're picked to win it, and then very rarely do they actually win it. Um, So, I think uh, I would put – honestly, I would put uh, probably Boise – uh, actually, I put Fresno probably one, um, and then, I don't know, I'm not real big on San Diego State either. Uh, Wyoming could be pretty good th- again this year, but uh, I'm not quite sure if they're ready to take the next le- next step as well. I think there's a lot of teams that could be in that 10-7 win era, with Fresno right now being probably the best team out of the bunch, um, but... All that being said, I think this is a year where anybody could come out of nowhere. San Jose State could be sneaky good again this year. I know it seems kind of weird to say, but Brent Brennan's built a nice program down there, so I think they could be in the mix. Uh, Aztecs could, but I don't think they will because they don't really care about football down there. It's just about basketball <laughs> with them. And so... I. And by the way, I, I'm tired of hearing all this stuff about how San Diego State's the premier athletic program <laughs> in the Mountain West. Can we stop with that? You made one... Look, the basketball run was great. It was great. It was awesome. But But... But this, all this realignment talk is not about basketball. It's about football, and San Diego State brings nothing to the table. All San Diego State brings is Hotel Del Carnado where you can have your league meetings. That's it. That's, that, <laughs> that, that, that's all they bring. There, there's nothing else they bring to the table. You've got a great basketball program. Yeah, Brian Dutcher's got it. But in the alignment world – What does San Diego state bring? They had a football conference championship game two years ago and nobody showed up. 13,000 people showed up and about four to 4,500 of those were Utah state fans two years ago. So look, I understand everybody's salivating over San Diego state and that's great. It's the, it's the California market. Let's just say it as it is. Coaches want to go down there so that they can recruit California. Uh, It's a great place to visit. uh, And and they got a good basketball program. But don't give me this nonsense about how San Diego State is just this great, up-and-coming, massive program. Nobody in the country spends more money uh, on their athletic programs from student dues and student fees mm-hmm. than San Diego State does. It's not a well-funded program. Uh, they're heavily, heavily in debt because of building a stadium that nobody ever goes to. Uh, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense to me, but, you know, here you go. I would, I, Frankly, I'd put Fresno – as far ahead of San Diego State in terms of an overall better program from top to bottom than I would the Aztecs. Sorry for the rant. That's my bad. I apologize. Well, <laughs> Here's the
0: thing, Scotty. I've got a family connection to San Diego State. There's a student that I'm related to who attends school there right now. And let's just put it this way they say almost the exact same things you're saying. They're like, our student fees pay for everything they got going on. Like,
1: they're. they're, they're I think it's, it's like. Fifty-five percent of their athletic budget comes from student fees. It's
0: a, they they pay a lot. There's there's no doubt about that. And they, they, you're right. They they have a nice shiny new football stadium that has no shade. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the opener against Mich- last year Michelle against it Arizona. There was their first game in Snapdragon Stadium. That's what it's called. Yeah. People were like passing out from heat exhaustion. Oh. It was lovely. Oh. Let me tell you. Yeah.
2: Well, it's terrifying it. <laughs> The old one didn't shield from the rain, so it's oh, you know Qualcomm, it's fine. Baby. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, never go in the under. Well, you can't because it's not there anymore. Never go into the underbelly of that thing, though.
1: Oh yeah, that <laughs> thing's a mess. Uh, that, that and that and the Aloha Stadium are the two worst stadiums I've ever called a game from.
0: And they're both gone the way of the earth at this point
1: yeah yeah they they knocked down aloha it's not not
0: down yet it's mean, mother nature
1: is trying to do it exactly rusting and falling apart yeah Yeah.
0: they they had like some big like send off for it because they're gonna play in that tc ching athletics complex for the next two three Uh, four years i was
1: there last year
0: oh you were there last year yeah you were there yeah i remember you were there you were in that but it's a little bit the band box set up they're trying to get that new stadium done but they can't start that until the old aloha stadium gets knocked down that still hasn't happened
1: yeah you know those old like portable uh uh, like, things you used to sit in in elementary school because your oh, school yeah. was not that Were, were you in That's, a portable? Yeah, we were in a portable calling the game. Yeah. <laughs> all right. With no view of a scoreboard, by the way. Oh. Like, I had no idea what the time and score was, which, you know, you know what the score is, but the time, like, yeah. <laughs> kind of important. They had no view of a scoreboard from it.
0: Jeez, oh, good times.
1: <laughs> well, Scotty, anything else you want to get off your chest real quick? Uh, nope, all good. Uh, <laughs> can't wait to get this thing started. Uh, Michelle, final score at Utah, Florida. I got Utah... Twenty four seventeen.
2: Uh I think it's gonna be another kind of low weird score. Uh that pro- probably similar to last year. I'll go uh, I'll go twenty six twenty one Utah.
1: Pig Farmer gets it done by the way. He gets the win. Totally. Yeah. I would say so. We'll see. It's,
2: uh, yeah, it, we will see.
0: It's that's the, the fun part about it. We're we're not too far off, Scotty. We got week zero games next week. So
1: I know, I know. Let's go. All right. Well, get thanks. The, get get those gambling. I mean, no, no. Let's get those uh, <laughs> the skittles, Scotty.
0: The skittles. Yeah.
1: Let's let's go. <laughs>
0: all right. Thanks again for joining us, Entertainment purposes Scotty. only, kids. Just joking. <laughs> well, thanks, Scotty. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. See you guys. Thanks. There you go, Scott. Gerard checking in from Logan. A scrimmage at noon. I believe it's open to the public. By the way. They have a program that lets people go watch them play football.
2: That's because they play in the Mountain West. I,
0: I, <laughs> sure, yes, that's a good point. But nonetheless, fun stuff all the same, and looking forward to season head. It's here. That's the best part about this. Football is here. I've two weeks of high school football already in the books, and next week college football. NFL is coming right after that, and away we go, Michelle.
2: It's it's going to be fun. It's uh, there. There's a lot of storylines. <laughs> a lot of storylines.
0: All right, uh, we will get to some of the other storylines that we have not touched on in the sports world coming up next. It's five minutes of that's after the break, right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone.
2: It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison.
0: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
2: I'm Becky Bruce.
0: Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Thank you for tuning in on your Saturday morning, no matter what you happen to be doing. Uh, Michelle Bodkin there, Jake Hatch here, and time for five minutes of. And Michelle, uh, did you happen to see Mo Diabate the other night for the Cleveland Browns?
2: I did not watch the game, but I saw the highlights trickling in on on Twitter. God, he had a great game.
0: Yeah, he he looked really, really good. Uh, Obviously, he's playing for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, They ended up, by the way, we have had a really weird thing. So we've had three preseason games for week two so far. Mm -hmm. Two of them ties. Okay, we had an 18-18 tie between the Browns and the Eagles on Thursday night. Then last night the Bengals and Falcons tied thirteen thirteen. There's no overtime in NBA in, in a right, in, right. NFL preseason. I said NBA, but NFL preseason. Kind of a quirky thing that you have two ties. But hey, you know, let's go. It's the preseason. Good times. Uh, anything NFL wise, like former U- Utah players that uh, the Dalton Kincaid talk aside because the dude is like the toast I know, of the town.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as I can recall from this past week, I think Mo was kind of the highlight
0: so far. Because there's a lot of games today. Yeah, and we'll see how it kind of all shakes out. The the Jaguars and the Lions are playing right now. Uh, Jags up three nothing on the Lions. Did you see Teddy Bridgewater's, Teddy Bridgewater's new number?
2: I actually you know what I didn't even realize that Teddy Bridgewater is he, still he making got, tea in the in the NFL he just
0: got <laughs> signed uh by the uh Detroit Lions. I if I can pull this up here Michelle and show you this that's Teddy Bridgewater's new number as an NFL quarterback
2: number 50 okay
0: yeah the the new the new uh, uh uniform rules allow a quarterback to pick any number apparently well he... I don't know who in their Right mind would let that happen. That is – that's atrocious. (laughs) There were so many complaints, especially from defensive players. Like the linemen were limited to like the 90s and the 50s. And Mm -hmm. so many teams have these ring of honor deals where they uh, almost like unofficially retire numbers. So they've opened it up. And the other thing about this is if you want to change your number after you've been an established player, let's say, for example, um, Fred Warner, for example, with the Mm -hmm. San Francisco 49ers. When he came into the NFL, he was number four at BYU. It's his favorite number. Mm-hmm. He wanted to wear number four, but he couldn't do it due to the uniform rules at the time. He wears 54 as a result. If he were to go and change his number to the number four now, he has to pay the 49ers in the NFL for every single one of the jerseys that are currently unsold on shelves across the league. For- Whoa! That's uh So Ravens linebacker, Rokon Smith, yes. is changing to number zero. I mm-hmm. think his previous was number 18. He's actually hosting an event in Baltimore where anybody with a number 18 jersey Let them trade them in. can exchange it for a new one.
2: Oh, that's nice though. That, that's
0: that's kind of the way to handle if you're if you're the athlete, but yeah, it's kind of crazy stuff but number 50 as a quarterback. <laughs> Maybe chuckle.
2: I yeah. was uh, only,
0: only part of me wanted to see number 99. That that, that would have been Awesome.
2: Well, especially since you get like number one all the time, like sure. for a quarterback. Yeah, let's let's go with the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> let's go ninety nine. Um,
0: and the, the P.S. The only uh, like position unit that is still limited on their numbers is offensive linemen. They can only wear the fifties through the seventies still in the NFL.
2: Ah, once again, so the, the big guys, the get big no boys,
0: love. big boys getting screwed all over again.
2: Ah. So. Uh, Buddies, but
0: it made me chuckle that Teddy Or chose.
2: Bridge- <laughs> yeah, you have the freedom to choose any number you want, and he did. <laughs> I'm wearing
0: number fifty. Okay, and I'm sure the, the the uniform guys like, is this a joke?
2: Yeah, you are. Are you serious, Teddy? Are <laughs> Are you sure? You're are sure you about sure? That?
0: Okay. Okay, we'll do it. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, other thing by the way, in uh college football, if you if you are a coach that's around long enough. Sometimes you can have legacy players from your own players show up. Right, Nick Saban had this happen this week. Apparently, Drake Kirkpatrick Jr., the son of former Alabama DB Drake Kirkpatrick Senior, who signed with Alabama and Nick Saban 14 years ago, Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. has now committed to playing for the Crimson Tide. It's his first. It's Saban's first legacy player in terms of his own player sending their son to play for him as well.
2: That's crazy. Yeah, Witt has to be getting close. I mean, technically, as a position coach, he's had several. Sure, yeah. Um, He has to be getting close to having probably his first legacy that was actually a player when he was a head coach, I would think.
0: It's just, at some point, it's going to happen. Yeah. It just feels like it's...
2: Well, provided he doesn't retire. Okay, sure, yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Put good vibes out there, Michelle. Utah fans don't want to see him go anywhere. Come on now.
2: Oh no, I mean, I don't. I don't think anyone wants to see him go anywhere. We want him here as long and, as possible. And he, but... would, he
0: wouldn't go far. Let's also be clear about that.
2: Yeah, that that's also true. He'll still be in the building.
0: <laughs> Just saying, but yeah, uh, he is. So this Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. is actually an unranked prospect from Gadsden uh, in in Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Kirkpatrick Senior played for the Crimson Tide from 09 to 2011. Therefore, he uh, ended up winning two national titles and was All-SEC twice. So, you know, it's You know,
2: You know who it could be? It could be Ephraim Asiata. Oh,
0: oh, geez, yeah, that's the one right there. That's the one right there. P.S. Ephraim, what a story.
2: Yeah, that is insane.
0: To have recovered from that school shooting. And now, he, and the thing is about this, miracle recovery in many ways. And he's resumed his playing career and looks even better than he did previous to that.
2: Do you know uh, if anyone was gonna have a one percent chance and, and make it, it's it's an Asiata.
0: Yeah, so yeah, Matt yeah, Matt and Ephraim could be that, that combo. Interesting. Be... Okay, I'm I'm rooting for that now. I, I I'm all on board with that. It'd be really cool to see that play out. Um P. S. Uh i I showed you the pictures of this in the break, Michelle. Melissa High School in Texas.
2: Oh my gosh. This
0: is about forty miles northeast of Dallas. Christian, have you seen the pictures of this high school stadium? Yeah, it blew me away. So uh, this, school, this school has 1,300 kids. 1,300 kids here in the state of Utah is a mid-sized, uh, if I'm not saying 5A school in the state of Utah, like mid-sized 5A school. They play in a 5A level down there in Texas. They built a $35 million stadium that houses 10,000 uh, fans to play their games in, and I'm not going to lie, it puts multiple, I mean multiple college programs stadiums to shame
2: northern illinois wishes they could
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> come on they have florida glass uh, uh, uh windows in the press box for this thing yeah like i'm not gonna lie like i just i looked at it, i'm like oh my goodness so good for them
2: I. Right. I, I they always say they do it bigger and better in Texas. Uh, I, 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 in this case, certainly so.
0: And they have multiples of these. Like Allen High School, which is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, mm-hmm. is got a very nice one. I think theirs was like something like fifty million. Granted, when they built it, apparently the concrete started buckling on it. Ooh, something like that. They had some issue. They had some structural concern with theirs, but. This, happened, this is happening all over the state of Texas. Yeah. This no. is not just exclusive to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I think there's one down in the Katy area, down there in the Houston, greater Houston area that had one. And I, uh,
2: I know in San Antonio, because we practiced at a bunch a bunch of those places, and, and the, they were nice places. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they they far outkicked anything you'll find <laughs> here in Salt Lake. Like,
0: yeah, well, we've got some pretty good, like, in terms of settings for high school stadiums. Yeah, in pr- this. pretty. But...
2: But like the, they're 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 not built like a like a smaller college campus stadium. Yeah.
0: They're just not. I was doing a game last night on one of the smallest press boxes I've ever been on, and we were squeezed in there. We had both camera crews from the teams. Uh, speaking of Skyridge and East, and then us like doing KSL Sports, the three of us, and we were all just like shoulder to shoulder with each other, calling. It's just this. On the other hand, I you're know. Right. Yeah,
2: you you'd be <laughs> spread out, maxing and relaxing.
0: <laughs> Jeez, I just. I was stunned when I saw this pop up on the timeline earlier this week, but uh, apparently, this Melissa team rattled off 11 straight wins last year after winning, losing their first two, won a state title, and they're considered the top ranked team in the five. It's called, they have different divisions in the state of Texas. Uh, they have like multiple 6As, 5As mm-hmm. on down the list. Uh, they are, so yeah, they are number one in their 5A division in Texas. So crazy, crazy scenes. And just looking at the picture of this, I'm just like, I need to go see that in person. It's just crazy huh. to me.
2: We're we're in Big Twelve country now, yeah. so there's opportunity, there's a, there's a chance. You got to <laughs> drive
0: a little bit because this is a ways away uh, from Dallas. Uh, but apparently, the, Melissa, Texas. You can see this, Michelle. It's, it's so it's way up here in the northeast, mm. outside of like McKinney and Prosper. Apparently, it's kind of the next like the sprawl of the DFW. Right, going right to Melissa. Apparently, so you know. You can do what you got to do, right? <laughs> I just—I wonder, did they have like? Was it multiple donors or somebody in the community? Like, I just wonder where they—they they generated the money from.
2: It could probably go either way, knowing yeah. knowing how things roll in Texas. They either have like a big like oil mogul sure. that donated yeah. it all, or they have several like smaller well-to-do that combined. Like it, it either way, it's not going to surprise me.
0: Nestled into Collin County, the town of Melissa is listed as, with a population of 19,357 in the 2022 U.S. Census, which is almost five times its population from 2010. Wow. So, half of their city population currently can attend a game.
2: It's like, it's like the growth we've seen in Harriman.
0: Yeah, in many ways. And, by the way, Harriman's got a pretty good setup in terms of stadiums. Though. Yeah. So. Crazy scenes. Um, real quick, couple of things. RSL uh, they were supposed to play tomorrow night. Resume uh, Major League Soccer action. Uh, they have a hurricane that's bearing down on Southern California. Guess how many times I've been able to say that in my life? Very few. Yeah. Uh, crazy uh, weather expected. They're saying they could have like historic and horrific flooding, which. It's never good to hear that no. being described. But because of that, uh, they have postponed RSL's game at the LA Galaxy, which is scheduled to be played down there in Carson. Uh, it's been pushed back to October 14th. So oh. RSL gets uh, now be four more days off. And then they head to Houston on Wednesday for the U.S. Open Cup semifinal. Michelle, you win that. And what Lionel Messi's doing in Major League Soccer right now is absolutely unprecedented. They haven't lost since you joined Inter-Miami. They have a game. I believe it's Tuesday or Wednesday against Cincinnati. They win that. RSL wins at Houston. Guess who has Messi coming to Salt Lake City? RSL. Yep. So that is the uh, format for that. And By the way, that ticket.
2: I've heard. I've heard people have been paying stupid money hundreds, for that ticket.
0: Thousands. Nuts. It, he's the best player in the world. Like he's like, it, That thing about it, he scored nine goals in six matches since joining Inter Miami. He's unstoppable. We all kind of I here's the thing. Anybody who expected him not to be this yeah was up in the night. They were wrong cuz he's still so so good.
2: Well, yeah, he's just a different different breed comes from a different level of yeah. soccer than what M- MLS oh, yeah. currently is. But I think we've talked about this before. Is there is there the possibility that MLS starts taking things a little more seriously and trying to get guys of his caliber in uh, and how does that help grow the sport here? I think it would
0: be huge. It would. Uh, The other thing about this, I love that he's kind of like an everyman in a way. He's got hundreds of millions of dollars in career earnings. Uh, he's get, done a new celebration where it kind of looks, a lot of people think he's calling to like hold my cup of beer kind of look, <laughs> but we found out that it's a celebration for his, one of his sons. His son is a huge fan of Marvel and Thor right now. Uh-huh. So Messi celebrating a goal right now. He's putting his hand out like he's, he's, oh, as if he's Thor's calling, hum- uh, hammer uh, yeah, or Thor's hammer, yeah, Thor's hammer. I don't even know how to pronounce the name of Thor's hammer, Mohammed or whatever they call it.
2: I, yeah, I didn't realize I it have, had a name. I have
0: a brother who could rattle it off in about five seconds flat. I should call him at some point and have him explain it to me, but that's what he's doing. He's he's literally his son's a big fan of Thor right now. So, and he was shopping at a Publix when he showed up in Miami. Like, just went out thinking yeah, nobody's gonna recognize me. The best soccer player. I'm actually more a fan of Messi than I ever have been before now. Yeah, that's cool that he's so, like, chill. It seems that way. It, it, it could, could it be a facade? Sure, but it seems like he's he's just he's a dad who happens to be the best player in the world when it comes to soccer right.
2: Yeah. Now. Yeah.
0: It's awesome. I I I I am I nothing against Houston, nothing against Cincinnati. Both of y'all get out of the way. Yeah. Get messy to Salt Lake City so I can, so I can <laughs> A, I can be part of the broadcast, first yeah, off, yeah. and B, so I can see messy with my own eyes. Yeah. Okay? Okay.
2: See, see this is the perks of uh, working in sports. You don't have to pay to be there. You get well, paid to be there.
0: Okay. That 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 does help, yes.
1: <laughs> I'd actually
0: consider paying to see messy in Salt Lake City. I'm not going to lie. It It's going to, trust me. Uh, what is it? Is it, we, is it twenty? It's twenty-some odd thousand with standing room only there at America First Field. It is going. If this happens, if this all goes down, oh, it's going to be insane. They will set the record for attendance at that match. Oh, I easy, easy book it. Easy. They may. Easy. Br- they may try and bring in like temporary stands in some form or fashion. It is going yeah. to be nuts. But we got to get some games out of the way. inter Miami's got to win. Real Salt Lake's got to win. Take care of business for us, okay? Okay.
2: Let's go RSL. All
0: right. Uh, we will take our penultimate timeout here on the show, come back on the other side, get some final thoughts. This is the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Final segment of today's program, and our good friend Clint Pete Michelle, weighs in. <laughs> Apparently, uh, James Harden had, has, obviously we talked about this with Daryl Morey, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers GM uh, quote from Harden every Friday. That was going to be pizza day. We had pizza Friday for the first month this season, but then it was, that was it It supposed to be every week all year long. Is that why he's calling him a liar?
2: Well, I mean, I would be very mad if someone took my pizza away on Uh Friday. Like don't promise me pizza on Friday and then not deliver.
0: Uh, (laughs) By the way, I can actually tie that into another thing. We have Lincoln Kennedy on. Uh, He comes obviously with DJ and PK throughout the season. And this goes back last year. He was talking about the difference between what he called college coaches and pro coaches. And he talked about Chip Kelly in particular. When Mm -hmm. Chip went to the NFL, uh, he tried to do what he does. He did it at Oregon. He's doing it at UCLA where he is judge, jury, and execution. Like He Mm -hmm. is the man Mm -hmm. that has full control. That doesn't exist in the NFL, but he tried to do that. And he talked about the fact that some of these college coaches, and he, he mentioned Chip Kelly by name, come in and take away pizza, like, like I think he called it, was it Pizza Wednesday? He's like, I'm a, as he said, quote, I'm a grown-ass man who will determine what I want to eat and when I want to eat it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's largely why Urban Meyer flamed out yeah. so fast. They uh, mentioned
0: Meyer. I think yeah. the, the question actually was, I think, asked in relation to Meyer when things went south.
2: Uh, and it's actually, inter- like, I had a conversation with Dennis Erickson about that, mm-hmm. about, you know, what makes a good college coach versus what makes a good pro coach. And, and he said it's when you're a pro coach, you have to have the ability to just let things go uh-huh. uh, because you are dealing with grown adults yeah. and they don't like being che- treated like children. Oh, nice. uh, you know, uh, at that point, you know, they're no longer in school. Like, like you can't really monitor and be like, well, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. And so that's why you see a bunch of these college coaches flame out because they think that they can go in and do exactly what they did in college, control, control everything the way that they do at the college level, at the pro level. And it just doesn't work.
0: Nah, it, it's just such a funny thing. Like, is that is that why he's calling him a liar? Because of Pizza Friday? And there's a whole rumors about when he tried to get his way out of Houston, he was wearing a fat suit. You, do you remember, you, have you heard about this
2: story? I didn't hear the fat so suit there, story. There was
0: there was a there was. And Christian probably knows about this. He, there were pictures of him that looked. Trust me, he, he looked. Ballooned. Yeah, and there is some speculation that he did that. He wore a fat suit. It wasn't like it wasn't like overtly like. Yeah, but to get the pictures taken, so were like. Whoa! What happened to Harden? <laughs> and they <laughs> expedited his exit that, at that point from Houston. And there were jokes this week when he said that Daryl Morey is a liar and never played for him. And then people are like, "All right, here comes the fat suit." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the the James. You mentioned the fact that it's just a soap opera off the court. Oh, totally. It's it's insane.
2: Yeah. At this point, I think the entertainment comes more off the court than it does on the court. No but
0: doubt. All right, Michelle. Any final thoughts from you as we go out the door here?
2: uh utah fans go up and enjoy fan fest oh yes this evening. good
0: point yeah mm-hmm. that, tonight right yep uh rice eckles rice
2: eckles okay. six to eight sweet so yeah be sweet. there be be there be square
0: and stay away weather okay
2: yeah yeah <laughs> no thunder bumpers although definitely try and keep it cool because that turf gets hot
0: yeah, well, it's supposed to be i think we're only in the mid 80s i think today so that's I'll, take, I'll take it. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us. For, so for Christian and Michelle, big thanks to Scotty, by the way, for checking in uh, from Utah State. Coming up next, we throw it back to the Fox Sports programming. This has been the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone.
2: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. <laughs>
0: There's desperation and anguish.
2: More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin, and my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we will find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.